Your mind-blowing marriage starts now! Welcome to the Mind-Blowing Marriage Podcast. Matt and Susie are the most kind, generous, authentic people that walk this planet. In It Together really encourages my wife and me to have the best marriage possible. This week, we talk about excuse number three, keeping us from having a mind-blowing marriage. You don't want to get oysters at, like, a gas station. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, In It Together friends, and welcome to the Mind-Blowing Marriage Podcast. We are so excited to be here with you today, and we are going to talk today about excuse number three, keeping you from having a mind-blowing marriage. And Susie, why don't you give us a little musical hint to what that is? I still don't know. Oh, I have an idea. No, I don't know. Is it? No. To everything, turn, turn, turn. There is a season, turn, turn, turn. A time to live, a time to die, a time to laugh, a time to cry, a time to dance, a time to shine, just time, time, time. We're talking about time. (laughs) (laughs) The great thing about that is we don't have to worry about paying royalties if you don't sing any of the words right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Nobody's ever going to mistake that for the actual Beatles song, which is good. I mean, but you sounded beautiful. Thank you. We're talking about time. time. Excuse number three, keeping us from having mind-blowing marriages, is I just don't have time. I don't have the time to pour into my marriage. Malcolm Gladwell, he's one of my favorite authors. He's written a ton of books. He wrote Outliers. He wrote David and Goliath, uh, The Tipping Point. If you haven't read any of his stuff, must read stuff. And he has come up with this concept called the 10,000 hour rule, which basically says in order to become an expert on something, you have to put about 10,000 hours of intentional time working on it. Mm-hmm. And so we're looking at this and saying, boy, what would it look like to put 10,000 hours of intentional time in your marriage? And what if that's true, that that's what it takes for us to completely be connected and in tune with one another? To take 10,000 hours. I was thinking about this. So when I was growing up, one of my goals in life was to become the greatest drummer in the world, which has not quite panned out. You're my favorite drummer. Thank you. I gave it a go. (laughs) And, uh, And I would practice so much. So when I was a teenager, I would practice probably three to four days a week. And when I would practice, I'd practice for sometimes roughly two to three hours. Your poor parents. Yes, my poor brother and my poor parents. I mean, that was loud and obnoxious, (laughs) no doubt about it. But I felt like, man, I am giving this so much time and attention. But if you take the 10,000 hour rule and you work that out, it would have taken me that type of discipline over more than 20 years to get to 10,000 hours, which seems insane. (laughs) Like that seems crazy. So when we have this idea and we say, well, what would it look like to become an expert at your marriage? Boy, that takes a lot of intentional time. So Susie, why don't you give us some ideas of what would not be included in intentional time? I would love to, Matt. (laughs) So the first one, it is not intentional time together when you're watching television. What if I'm watching like a really good show on Netflix? No. What if we both love that really good show on Netflix? No, I mean, I love snuggling with you. (laughs) Well, 
What if we snuggle and binge watch that show? No, on it's still no? not okay. intentional time. Good to know. And number two is going to your kids' activities together is not intentional time. Not at all. <laughs> We're going to get a lot, maybe some some hate mail from that one. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, if you're watching little Johnny's, uh, you know, soccer game, you know, that's that's intentional time watching your kids, which is important. Right, Support important. your kids. Go. Great parenting. But not great. I mean, that is not going great. towards the 10,000 hour rule. Yeah, intentional time in your marriage. Um, <laughs> sleeping in the same bed. Does not count. For intentional time yep. together. <laughs> Take away that eight hours or however long you're sleeping in the same bed. And the last one that I love that you wrote, Matt, is living in the same house. <laughs> Amen. You know, standing in a garage doesn't make you a car. So living in the same house doesn't give you a great marriage. Oh my goodness. So, so we're talking intentional time, that time that you are really focused on one another. Every single married couple has the exact same amount of time to work with. We all have 24 hours. So we it's do. not that we don't have time. We all say that, right? right? I just don't have time. That's not the problem. We all have plenty of time. It's just a matter of figuring out how much time we really want to put into our marriage. And statistics have shown roughly every American has about five hours of what we would call leisure time. And I, I like to think of that as that's time when we get to choose what we want to do because it's not allocated to sleep it's not allocated to work or anything else so we have a fair amount of time to figure out what we want to do with that time mm -hmm. but we live in this culture that puts on this little badge and we like to call it the, the busy, busy badge, badge. <laughs> where you've heard it right i mean we've heard these people when they're talking to each other and one of them says, I am so busy with blah, 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 blah. And they roll off like a zillion things they got going on that they have going on that day. And then the next person doesn't listen nicely and respond like, oh, I'm so sorry. The other person usually says, me too. Me too. I know because I have blah, 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 blah. And we'd get into this contest. Well, about I'm guilty of this people. So like so take off the busy badge. Yeah. So I started talking with my girlfriends and other people when they asked me how life is going. I actually tell them the things that I'm purposing to do in my life. Instead of saying I'm so busy, I actually tell them what I'm purposing to do. So it's not like I'm wasting my time or I'm just busy like running in circles and doing nothing. Everything that I'm trying to do in my life right now is intentional and it's purposed. And just like when I spend time with them, I want that to be intentional and purpose time where we're growing together and it's not surfacey. I want to go deep in my relationships and I want to not wear the busy badge. I yes. want to wear the purposed badge. I like it. Take off the busy badge, put on the purpose badge. Soren Kierkegaard, uh, he's got a lot of great quotes, but one quote that I ran across is he said, most men pursue pleasure with such breathless haste that they hurry past it. <laughs> we're like, we are so busy being busy that we don't even know what we're being busy for. We, I mean, that's we basically what he's saying. That's crazy. I love his name. Can you say that again? Kierkegaard. Soren Kierkegaard. 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 There's a lot of K's in there. What if I was Susie Kierkegaard? Then you'd have a lot more K's in your name than you do right now. I have a lot of K's in my name. My middle name is K. My last name is Kinzara. That's two That's K's. Two. But Kierkegaard. What if I was... Maybe Kierkegaard only has two. Kierkegaard only has two as well. It does. It just sounds like it has more. <laughs> we digress. We okay, should. A common phrase that we hear all the time 
is time is of the essence. Of the essence. Time is of the essence, which basically is said when something must be done immediately. Time is of the essence because we think it's so important that you're giving time to your marriage. It's crucial and critical for your connection and for having this mind-blowing marriage. So when you hear that phrase in the future, just know my marriage, time is of the essence. I've got to make this a priority. I've got to make this an importance. Yes, it's all about choosing to prioritize and that is what indeed will make the difference. If you don't prioritize this in your marriage, it will not naturally happen. Time will get away from you so fast in this culture and once it gets away, it is really hard to reel it back in. Right. One of the things I'm reading right now that I'm really excited about is the book of Ecclesiastes and hence we sang the song. And I'm loving this book because it's giving me permission to just slow down and kind of just take in life and enjoy mm. life more. Um, and and I think King Solomon kind of just has this like, I'm done trying to figure this out. Yeah, he seemed to be at the end of his rope when he wrote <laughs> this whole book. I wonder where he was at in his stage of life. So here's what he says. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to build and a time to tear down, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. And you get the picture. There's mm-hmm. always things to do with our time, but it seems to me that he's talking about at the end of the day, are you enjoying your time here on earth? Are you enjoying one another? Are you taking pleasure in the gifts that are in front of you? Because time is a gift. And we talked about um, excuse number two last month was our careers. And, And King Solomon talks a lot about like our work under the sun, our toil under the sun. And if you don't understand your purpose and you're not enjoying it, like your, your labor can be in vain. And we don't want to become a people where other people are benefit, benefiting from our careers and everything we're doing, but we're so exhausted that, that we're, we're not, not benefiting from, we're it. Not benefiting from yeah. it and we're not enjoying it. And so as you're thinking about your time, like I really want you to ask the question, do I feel like I enjoy my life? Hmm. Do I feel like I enjoy my marriage? Do I take the time to actually think about all the different things that I've accomplished and what fruit have I acquired because of it. And then also just do I take the time to enjoy the little joys of life that God blesses us with, like the sunshine. The sun is shining today, everyone. And in Wisconsin, that's a big deal. Like for me, after this winter, like the dripping water off of my uh, off of my roof brings me so much joy because I know it's just a little glimpse that spring is coming. But do we really take the time to enjoy what God has given us? When we see our kids, do we look at them and just really take it in like, I can't believe I've been entrusted to raise this child and just be blessed by it? Because I think if you don't appreciate time and don't consider time in your life in general, we can't expect you to do that well inside your marriage. Right. This ability to handle your time is a very universal concept, even though today we're going to be talking about it specific to your marriage. Mm-hmm. So again, if we have roughly five hours of time that we get to choose what to do with, I don't think it's too much to ask to give 10, 20% of that to intentionally investing in your marriage because your marriage really creates a foundation on which your family is built. And so we have to make sure that our marriage isn't getting the leftover time, but that we are prioritizing our time and we know that our marriage is going to get the time that it needs to thrive Mm -hmm. so that 
everybody else, our kids, our coworkers, everybody else gets to benefit because we're doing a great job with our time. Again, we say often, and we're proponents for you being in control of your schedule and your time. Mm -hmm. You are in control of that. You might not always feel like it, but you are. So we are going to ask three questions in this podcast, three big questions that we want to pose to you, and then you can have a conversation about this within your marriage. first question, Susie, is... When do you pray together and how do you focus on God in your relationship? Absolutely. Prayer is such a vital part of your marriage relationship. Did you know, Susie, that Benedictine monks actually created the first clock? I didn't know that. And the reason they created the first (laughs) clock was to keep track of when they were supposed to pray or when they wanted to pray. So time, like in some ways, when you look at that, like time was created for prayer. It was built for prayer. The clock was built for prayer. That's beautiful. I'm always astonished and amazed at all the facts you hold in your head. It's just a lot of pointless junk up there. Are they all true? I don't know. Please don't look them up because I would be embarrassed (laughs) if they weren't. But that one seems like it could be true. Yeah, that one's definitely true. That one, that one. For the purpose of this podcast, we speak the truth. Yes, Yes, those monks are nuts. Okay, so. For us, you guys, we connect in the morning and it doesn't have to be a long time of prayer. Sometimes we have those mornings because we have more time together Mm -hmm. or maybe it's evening or when we're on a walk. But we purpose to ask each other in the morning and ask our kids in the morning, hey, how can I pray for you today? Because maybe they're going to be walking into something that they're a little nervous about or they're a little excited about. And we Mm -hmm. just want to give them that extra boost of confidence to say, hey, we're with you. I support you. And, and God is with you in this part of your story. Yep. So trying to take just a little bit of time. This doesn't have to be a huge amount of time. Maybe take just a few minutes mm-hmm. to pray with one another before. Because again, most couples are leaving each other during the day. So spend a little bit of time in the morning. But even if you're one of those couples that works together, still prioritize this. Because Susie mm-hmm. and I, we work together. And before our workday, we start by doing a devotion, by praying together, by reading right before now Ecclesiastes. Absolutely before that. And so we're just trying to set that standard at the beginning of our day. And I like what you mentioned about that idea that it's really important to have at least a quick conversation if you're leaving each other for the day to understand what does your day look like today because I want to be mindful and understanding of how I can pray for you throughout the day. Which leads me to another tool and tip that tidbit that we want to give you. Yep is if you want, actually we want to encourage you to do it. Like, just do it. Just kind of set your alarm during throughout the day and be aware of like, oh, that's a reminder because yep. we get our busy badge. There it is, our purpose badge, right? <laughs> we, we have our purpose and we're doing things that we need to get done and we just kind of forget. So we need those reminders to be mindful of our loved ones and to just send up a quick prayer for them. Yeah, I see people all the time set set alarms for different things throughout the day so that they don't forget. So why not set eat. an alarm? <laughs> yeah, don't forget to eat. Sometimes isn't that so true? It is. But set that alarm so you know when it goes off. At uh, I've already had this short conversation with my spouse, so I'm just praying for them in that moment. Set a time. If you know your spouse has maybe an important meeting that they're in or a hard conversation that they're going to be in, oh, I know, I know my spouse has something going on at two o'clock. Set your alarm for two o'clock clock remember to pray so that when they're in that meeting that you're actually praying for mm-hmm. them which is super a, awesome I had a beautiful opportunity last week where it was on my heart to pray for Matt um, we were away from each other that morning and I woke up with this sense of like I really need to pray for him right now and I didn't even really know how to pray but I just went into a time of prayer 
And turns out when he, we, we connected in the afternoon over his lunch break, like he really needed those prayers. He was yeah. in the middle of a conversation that went really well, but could have, you know. It could have been really challenging. It could have been. Yeah. And I just think it's so beautiful that we're connected in that way that I was compelled to yeah. pray for you. And I think that comes because we've been doing this from the beginning of our marriage and we're just very connected in that way. Yeah. Uh, another way that we, and Susie mentioned, we've been praying since the beginning of our marriage. And that's because people taught us how to do that. But one of the ways that we started that and one of the ways we still do it today is what we go on prayer walks. Mm -hmm. We will go on a walk together. We love nature. We love getting some fresh air and some exercise. So we'll go out and walk and we won't just walk for walking's sake. We'll walk and we'll pray at the same time. And it's become a really beautiful thing in our marriage. And then it gives us a little bit more space and time to pray as well. Mm -hmm. And even when we had little itty bitty kids, we just throw them in the street and we'd still walk and pray which has been such a, a yeah. important part of our marriage so that's another great way that you can pray it out together and if you're wondering even how to start that because I know some couples are like well how do you even start that and how is it not awkward but we start with gratitude so we mm -hmm. usually start with thanking God for the things that he's given us and he's blessed us with and then we move into just a time of honesty of just things that maybe we're struggling with or that seem challenging or difficult and then as we find peace in those moments, we'll maybe move into requests, like things yeah. that we that we ask for God's help in and yeah. guidance in. Yeah, and that's a great, you know, that's a great way to get this conversation started. And that's a great way to get prayer in your marriage started. Just focus on those three things. And then just as you get more comfortable with it, you won't even have to think about mm -hmm. it. It will just happen naturally. The final thing that we want to challenge you to do, it's great to have these little connection points and these little prayer points and these beautiful times with God. But at least once a week, set aside a significant chunk of time to focus on God with each other. Mm -hmm. So do a Bible study, do a right. book study, spend a little bit more space and, and time in, in prayer uh, for one another and for things that are going around you. So really block out some time that you are going to devote to prayer that's a little bit more significant. Love it. Yeah. And if you're looking for a devotional, we have one. Yeah, so you can get the In It Together marriage devotional if you need a little help, even with that time, which is, is wonderful. We always, I mean, we share this statistic all the time, but um, couples who pray together have such a higher rate of success. We have uh, came across a study that, that showed that couples who pray together on a regular basis get divorced one out of 1,052 times. Mm -hmm. And that's a 99.9% .9 success rate. So if you do nothing else in your marriage, please pray together. It will help you have just intimacy towards one another, intimacy with God, and that's when beautiful things can happen. The second question we want to ask you is when do you go on dates? Well, that's a great question, How Susie. are you focusing on one another? Yep, so we just talked about focusing on God. Now how are you focusing on intentional time together through dating and this can get away from you i mean when when you're young and you've got no kids and you just got married it's like your whole life is a date mm -hmm. i mean you can just There's so much time together. you've got all of your evenings together you can just date 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 but then all of a sudden kids career all of those things start taking that time away from you and not too far down the line you have to get pretty intentional. I'm just giggling here because I'm remembering all the things, the creative things we would come up with doing prior to kids. And now it's like, what could we do? You know, when we go out, I mean, we would go play tennis. We would rollerblade. Yeah. Oh, we would. We would bowl. We would We would just we go canoeing. We do everything. And now mm -hmm. it's like, well, what could we do? Yeah. <laughs> so what happened? 
into our creati- creativity. Our you know? children sucked it all <laughs> out of us. No, but um, you do really want to be intentional about going on dates. And one of the things that, and we really encourage like as much as possible. Right. I know for sure once a week. Yeah, for once sure. a week is great, but why not make that the minimum as opposed to the maximum? Mm-hmm. You know, why not make it at a minimum of once a week, but try to do it even more. It's probably a good idea to put it in your calendar. Agree on a day that you're going to go on that date and make it happen and make it special. And then if it's in the calendar, that also will give you a little bit of time to plan for it mm-hmm. and, and make some thoughts and ideas of what you want to do. We're a proponent of getting out of the house. We know that sometimes it's really fun to stay home, but there's all kinds of distractions in the home. I know we had set up babysitters time after time and I was so tired. I didn't even know if I wanted to go out. But then once we went out, I was so energized and we had so much fun having conversations and dreaming about the future. But it did take some pull to get me out of the house. But mm-hmm. I'm so glad I didn't because if we would have stayed home, I'm sure I just would have put my P- slipped into my PJs, turned on a movie. And that's, again, we talked about that earlier. That's not intentional time. And so sometimes we just need to get out of the house. We need to move out of our environments to let our marriage move. Yeah, there's some, I'm even thinking of our our life right now. So we have teenagers right now and they always want to hang out with friends. They always want to do stuff on the weekends with their friends. Sometimes they'll say, hey, can I hang out with so-and-so? And like, what we want to say is, no, cause I'm home and I'm cozy and I want to stay here. But what we've been doing is saying, well, sure, so we'll, drop you off at seven and we'll pick you up at nine and then we're going to go on a date in the meantime. So we just maximize that everybody wins. It's just coming up with a system that works out in your stage of life. Why don't you share a little bit about what we used to do when we had uh, toddlers? Because that's a challenging time to figure out dating, mostly because you also have to pay for a babysitter. I know. Well, typically you're going to be hanging out with people who are in the same season of life with you. And so our closest friends had young kids and we had young kids. And so we just came up with this plan to give each other some relief. And so we called it our date night co-op. And one Friday night, we would take their kids and have them for the night. Sometimes they would spend the night. So mm-hmm. they even got their morning together as a couple. And then the following weekend, they would do that for us. So it was like this exchange program <laughs> with their yes, kids. It's a beautiful thing. It was so great. And there was no guilt and there was no shame because sometimes you feel bad for taking advantage of like your family, family members. members or, yeah. Or friends that don't have kids. Yeah. Or and so, but this was perfect because we both knew as couples, like we were on budgets. And this allowed for us to get out and do something and be intentional in our marriages. And we knew the importance of that. So we created the co-op. Yeah. And we weren't blowing $40, $50 on a babysitter. So then we could invest a little bit more of that money into our date and yeah. make that time and I, a little more special. I would love to say that we were able to do this every month. But I know things came up from time to time where kids got sick or just complications can enter the room. But at least make an effort to, to try to do something with other friendships. And you probably have people in your life where your kids love hanging out with yeah, yeah, that was the yeah. cool thing about the co-op is the kids were so stoked about it because yeah. they got to hang out with their buddies People as well. they love, yeah. And then the final thing we want to say about dating is get adventurous. Like do something different. Get out of your normalcy and try something unique. We just ran into a couple, uh, they're empty nesters 
and, uh, and, and they were wanting to spice up their dating life. And so they had never tried Thai food before. So they just decided, hey, for the next several dates, we're gonna go to a different Thai restaurant every single date and try something different and just see if we like Thai food. I know. How I wanna cool try is that? I wanna try oysters at our next date. Ooh, never tried oysters. I don't even I don't know if I wanna try oysters, but I, I probably should, right? To say that yeah. I've tried oysters. At a really fancy restaurant though, because mm. you don't wanna get oysters at like a <laughs> gas station. <laughs> <laughs> What gas station are you going to where you can get That's, oysters? That, I'm just being dramatic. I'm just saying. I mean, like, if they have oysters at that gas station. Some gas stations have egg rolls that shouldn't. I'm just saying. Like some places try to do things and they shouldn't. I so agree. I was just being hey, extra. I am with you. Don't get oysters at the gas station. I'm the kind of guy that I want. You know what I want at a gas I station? I think you should get hot dogs at a gas station. <laughs> I'm the kind of guy that believes that the one thing you should be able to get at a gas station it's is gas. gas. And you don't really need to offer anything else. I'd like if there's a restroom there for if I'm on the road trip. But give me some gas. Oh, you guys and then are I'm crying. Going to be happy. But I definitely don't need oysters from a gas station. So, yeah, we're going to get some oysters at a fancy restaurant. Oh, my gosh. Never get pizza at a gas station. Matt got pizza once, and it was very gassy uh, in our car that we gassed up. <laughs> And then we had another situation where, uh, I mean, we are way off topic here, which is totally fine. You're just going to have to deal with it. But we went home to my house for Christmas Eve once, and I got these little, I'll never forget them. They were these little roll things, these little like sandwich rolls. Yes, and they I got, were wraps, and yeah, you got really sick. I got like food poisoning from them, and I spent midnight mass throwing up in the Catholic bathroom. It was the worst. So let's just get gas at gas stations. And let's get our food at grocery stores or from our garden. I don't know if we're saving you time right now. We're wasting your time. We are because <laughs> what, we're, what we're saying is you have to go to a gas station and a grocery store and a restaurant. Yeah. Anyway, let's get back to the topic here. So have some adventure Ooh. in your dating life. Try some oysters. I hear they're a great aphrodisiac. And have some great quality dating time together. Suze, I think we have to get off of this topic before we lose it here. What is number three? the day even when maybe we're not together mm -hmm. love it or hate it one. you've got phones and that's a fun beautiful way to connect and not just by asking one another hey pick up, pick up some milk and butter on the way home but just to be super intentional with sending love messages and funny texts and funny videos throughout the day to one another just to let your spouse know that you're thinking of them and you're you're wanting to be with them. That's really a, mm -hmm. that kind of sends the message, I desire to be like with I you. you. I miss you, we're not together. It sends that message. So it's almost as if, even though you don't have that time physically together, you're still making time together even mm -hmm. when you're apart. And our phones can create so much anxiety because when it buzzes or when there's a notification, it so often is somebody asking something of you or somebody from work needing something from you. So what a blessing if your spouse sent you a note just to say, I love you, I'm thinking about you, I think you're amazing. Wouldn't or sends that a be? joke. Or a joke even, <laughs> something just to lighten up your day, which would be a ton of fun. Hey, we are huge on this of, of just connecting throughout the day. Because again, most couples uh, are, are living where they're apart during the majority of the day. Not all couples, but most couples are. And so we need to get really good at, at making this part work. But we're big proponents of when you come home, you spend that first chunk of time together. Mm -hmm. So give yourselves 15, 20, 30 minutes where you're just going to sit down together. And 
since we do what we do, you know, why not make it fun? Right. right? We call this time happy hour. Happy hour. And it is happy hour. We grab something to drink and we sit down. If it's nice out, we're on our porch. If it's not so nice out, we're in front of our fireplace. But we're just really intentionally having time together. Talking about what went on throughout the day, really catching up, not being afraid to even share maybe what was hard throughout the day or Mm -hmm. where we were victorious. I get it. For those of you who still have kids in your house like we do, sometimes they want to be part of that happy hour. Great. You know, sometimes they will, other times they won't, but we're not going to kick them out. But they understand that mom and dad are having happy hour. They understand that the purpose of that is connecting. And you can plan for this if you know, like I'm just so craving this connection time because it's not every day that we are able to do a happy hour, but most days we can. And you can go ahead and meet, like if they're starving and you know your spouse isn't coming home till a specific time, make them some mac and cheese or give them a snack until it's supper time. We typically like to have happy hour time like an hour before dinner time. Mm -hmm. So that's what works for us. Find out how you could make a happy hour work for you. And again, we just like to make things fun. It's not like something that you you dread. Like, oh, I just want to oh, know. Oh, here's some connection you know, here's what time. happened today. And a lot of people don't, again, we talked about this. A lot of people don't want to talk about their day at work because they were at work all day. But find ways to connect that will bring passion and joy and conversation back into your marriage. And what you'll notice is you may set out to give each other 15 minutes of time and then you all of a sudden conversation starts flowing, which it always ends up happening for us. And then all of a sudden 15, 30 minutes turns into an hour and, uh, and that's a good thing. That is a good thing because you're giving each other more intentional time. Uh, boy, cell phones are just a challenge. They're a challenge in our life, but they're definitely a challenge in our marriage and they will suck time out of our marriages. So the the other thing, uh, as far as just connecting throughout the day and giving each other time throughout the day, just commit to a time that you're docking your phones. We've already talked about that in other areas. Commit to a time that you're docking your phones and we would say do that as early as you feel Mm -hmm. comfortable with doing. We notice couples are really struggling with social media in their marriages right now. It's it's an interference with their connection time. And so this is another reason why it's really important as a couple to dock your phone and to not even have it around you because if it buzzes or dings, you know, it's, it's sending messages, it's releasing endorphins like we've heard and been educated about. It's an addictive thing. And so you have to be super, super careful and intentional about shutting those things down so you can just focus on your marriage. Yeah, we really try to look at our phones and our computers as work-related devices, not pleasure-related devices. Now, Mm -hmm. we're not perfect at that, but in general, we think of our phone as part of our work, not as part of our pleasure. And so that helps helps us to dock it because there's definitely days where you're like, I'm done with work, (laughs) no problem. Mm -hmm. We asked some of the couples connected to our Marriage Boost subscription to give us some of their feedback on how they navigate their time together. And we got some feedback, so we're going to do shout-out time here. Mm, to I love shout-out time. Owls Beth. What a beautiful Seidel. name. And I know that is a beautiful name. Like you were saying, that sounds like a princess name. It does sound like a princess name. So one of the things that she was thinking through in a way that she could honor time and her connection with her spouse was he was wanting to go to their hunting cabin. And she didn't really feel super excited or passionate about that. But then she thought about it more and she thought, well, if this is something that will bless him and that will give us time together, I want to go. And I just really love that she put him first. She humbled herself and she said, this will give us time. She had a realization, like they're going to get some time together if she goes. 
And she ended up having a great time, it sounds like. Who would have thought? I know. Who would have thought you give time to your spouse and you end up having a good time? What a great story. Thanks for sharing that. That is an inspirational because sometimes we have to consider that. We have to consider, hey, what can we do? Maybe it's just a mundane thing or maybe it's something that I don't like to do but my spouse likes to do. But isn't it better to still do that with them? Mm -hmm. We need to sacrifice a little bit for the sake of time. And and just like Elsbeth realized, once she did it, she actually ended up having right. a good time. Because it might not be the perfect thing that I love doing, but I can still have fun doing it. And if I'm with my spouse, we can still really connect mm -hmm. on a deep level, which is beautiful. We were attending a marriage conference maybe 10 years ago, and this was a concept that was brought up there. And it's the concept of us this is good for us mm -hmm. and i just remember that being really powerful for matt and i like maybe matt doesn't like to go shopping but i do so it's good for us the concept of us like what's good for us come together figure out ways that you can share time together that's good for the two of you that will be beautiful for your marriage yeah so just a reminder three questions to ask that are going to help you have great time management in your marriage and help you have a mind-blowing marriage. When do we pray together, focusing on God? When do we go out on dates, focusing on each other? And how do we just connect regularly throughout the day? All right, just some quick final points that we feel that we have to say in order to make this podcast complete about time. The first one is if you have kids, don't be afraid to limit their activities. Mm -hmm. I know that is not what our culture would say. Our culture kind of says, well, let them do whatever they want as far as get them involved in a zillion things. But we need to teach our kids how to manage their time well uh, as well. And so let's figure out what their passion is, help them invest in those things. And you know, some of the best things that my parents did for me is when they said no, mm -hmm. when I wanted to do something that they knew I wasn't really going to be all that interested in. So limit their activities because the more stuff that your kids are involved mm -hmm. with, the more time commitment that's going to take away from your marriage. Yes, protect your kiddos. Second thing is get rid of some stuff. Your stuff takes up time. Ooh, amen. So just look through Preach. your house, look through your garage and figure out what do I have that I don't use? What can I get rid of? What am I taking time to keep, keep updated? What am I taking time to keep up with? And let's just get rid of it if mm -hmm. we're not using it. It even just clutters up your mind, you know? So sometimes then you end up spinning and wasting time because you are so focused on all the things that are needing to be cared for. Mm, so true. So get rid of some stuff. And then finally, just as a final point, time is greater currency than money. And I think probably everybody listening to this podcast would shake their head in agreement with that. The challenge is we need to live like we believe that. So let's live like we believe that time is the greatest currency that there is. If you want to have a mind-blowing marriage, marriage that everyone is talking about you have to get this time piece down mm -hmm. i have a lot of respect and admiration for blended families you've got to be really diligent and schedule your time super well because there's so many different facets with blended families and so let me just give a shout out and say what you're doing is incredible we see you we see you we, we value, value you. you and also i just want to say to everybody across the board maybe it's a good idea to take a time management class or find a great book on it yes just get get a hold of your time you are in control of your time at the end of the day you are in control of your schedule you're in control of your time so we just want to encourage you to not let other people steal it from you 
and to enjoy your time and to enjoy your marriage and your relationship and just many, many blessings to you as a couple. You know, nobody looks at that couple who's running around like crazy, taking their kids everywhere, going, running around work like just looks crazy. Nobody looks at that couple and says, man, I would like to be like them. But you know who universally everybody looks at and says, I want to be like that? When you see that elderly couple walking through the park slowly, hand in hand, or sitting on that park bench, everybody looks at them and says, I want to be like that. But what we're saying is we want to be intimately connected, we want to be taking our time, and we want to be together. And so why not Why not do that now? Why not walk through the park slowly now? Let's not wait until we're that elderly couple. So fight for your time. It will help you have a mind-blowing marriage. Don't use it as an excuse. Thanks for listening. Hey, if you're wanting to take your marriage to the next level and become that couple that everybody's talking about, head over to our website at beinit.org and sign up for the Marriage Boost. There you'll have access to a private Facebook group. We'll send you text messages each week to encourage and inspire and challenge your marriage. And finally, every single week of the year, you will get a brand new date idea. So head over to beinit.org and sign up today. And join us next month as we discuss Excuse number four, keeping you from a mind-blowing marriage. Nothing's ever coming, ever coming between us. You're my untrue love. Oh, I just can't get enough. You're my untrue love. Gonna shout it from the mountains. Gonna tell everyone you're my untrue love.